Hello and welcome to episode 120 of the Nerd Out Loud podcast where we talk about the things that you nerd out about and we nerd out about and everybody nerds out about. I am Jeremy Holmes. I am joined here by my delightful, charming, loving, gentle, kind, warm-hearted friend, confidant, partner in crime and in life and in love christina wise hello <laughs> what's up okay sometimes i feel like you're saying those but you don't really mean it like it's ironic no not at all okay. it's like at least once a week you know that you're gonna get some delightful words of affirmation i like it and it's you. and it's immortalized on the internet <laughs> Maybe when I'm feeling sad, I'll just re-listen to all these intros. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling unloved. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, thank you for joining us, everybody. We have a very special and exciting guest today. And we're going to to introduce him in just a moment. But uh, coming up after, we're going to chat with him for a little while. After that, we have some very exciting... uh, we have some very exciting follow-up news <laughs> regarding time travel and uh, a new obsession that I have. Um, we have an Am I a Jerk, our critically acclaimed segment, Am I a Jerk, where we um, lay out situations in life and we ask for the feedback of you, the delightful listeners, to tell us, are we being a jerk or are we justified in being upset about this? Oh, and let's not forget, Christina, you had a run-in with democracy you had a run run in with democracy we'll want to make sure to get to that at the end of the um at the end of the interview as well and uh one little piece of space news but before we get to that stuff let's uh let's let's introduce our guest let's talk about this for a minute so christy this was kind of your this was kind of your get Yes, yes. I have talked about this person before. Yeah, you did. I feel like it was a long time ago. It was during an Am I a Jerk? You had said that I was being really negative, and so I had to say things that I liked, and they oh. were um, the two, it was his website mm-hmm. and then the passenger shaming mm-hmm. Facebook. But So this is um, <laughs> the bitchy waiter. Mm-hmm. I talked about him on Facebook a couple of our friends of the show liked the page afterwards. Um, basically what he does is he's, he's a server in a restaurant in New York and people send him terrible stories or he posts things that he finds um, of just terrible things that, that people do in restaurants and how they treat other people. Yeah. And so you can send questions and I actually sent him a question once um, and should I, should I just say what it is? Yeah, okay. sure. So I have a dilemma at work where I have I have one of the only corporate carts. So if we have a lunch in, which we often do, mm-hmm. or if like the development team wants to go out for lunch, I have to go down or go to where they are and pay for it with the corporate card. But part of our corporate tipping policy is you can only tip... 15%. Of course. Which I hate. Yeah. And normally, like if it were just me having a personal lunch out, I, mm-hmm. I'm not able to do that. But if it were just me, I would just pay out of pocket. Mm-hmm. But sometimes our bills are three to $400. Yeah. And also, I always tip on takeout because I have worked in restaurants as the takeout 
server. Mm-hmm. And I know that they put a lot of work, like boxing it up and packaging and making sure that it, it looks really great. And yeah. a lot of people don't know that you tip those places. So every time I get a lunch out, have it delivered, I always tip. But I'm not able to do it more than 15%. So I asked, I asked him, Darren... We're about to meet. Um, and he... The sug- bitchy waiter. Yeah, the bitchy right. waiter. Okay. Um, and he just... I don't... I didn't really explain it that well that it's... I'm paying for it for the whole company, uh-huh. a lunch, and it's usually a takeout lunch. Um, but so people on his site, I think it got like two, 300 comments just saying, why aren't you... Why are you being so cheap? You're getting a free lunch. Pay for it. That right. kind of thing. But I did... So one of the restaurants that we go to often, which is if we want to have like a little bit of a fancier lunch and not just sandwiches, mm-hmm. is downstairs in our building. Mm-hmm. And I found a workaround mm. after after reading all the comments and stuff, which is I go... When I set up the lunch, I say, we're going to have 20 people here. Mm-hmm. I tell them to add... The oh, gratuity, gratuity, and then they add eighteen percent. Mm. And if it doesn't show up as an itemized thing, I then tip fifteen percent nice. on top of that. I like it. So that's I try. Good. Can at least get him an extra three percent, right. and that's what you got that suggestion from somebody. So you wrote no. into his web page. Yes, you wrote into on his Facebook page, and then he posted the question. Yes, and then you read a bunch of comments on it. Yeah, no one had suggested that, but they. I mean, most people just called me cheap, and um, <laughs> that. Wait, they called you cheap? Yeah, because it made it sound, how I phrased the question, it made it kind of sound like I have this corporate card and I'm only allowed to tip 15%. So they were just saying, well, you're getting a free meal. You should just tip the remaining 5% out uh, of your own pocket. Uh, and that would it. be the case if it were just me getting right, yeah. free lunches. But, but when you're I'm, buying dinner yeah, for 25 people. Yeah, when I'm <laughs> a couple times a month, I can't afford to no. to be tipping on two, no. $300 like yeah. that much. But um, just with that restaurant, I have a workaround. Oh. So hopefully I'll just steer people there or I can just pre-talk to the servers mm. and have them. Mm-hmm. have them do that and then they'll be able to get more mm-hmm. it sucks but that's nice well we we put the word out there a couple of weeks ago on the show that we were going to be talking to this young man <laughs> <laughs> mr <laughs> mr waiter i guess yes. um and uh we got some great questions from you guys so we'll uh we will ask him and see how it goes well, thank you for uh, talking with us today, Darren, uh, a.k.a. the bitchy waiter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you so much. Fantastic to uh, have a voice behind the Facebook page. Um, Christy, <laughs> Christy has been a fan of your page for uh, for quite a while and, and keyed me onto it. And uh, it's, it's always... Uh, uh, it's always entertaining. Sometimes it's a little depressing. <laughs> but, yeah, it can be a little depressing. And sometimes I try to put something on there that's lighthearted and not always totally bitchy and depressing. But yeah, overall, it can be a little bit depressing. Right. <laughs> um, so I'm so how many how many did you start on Facebook? I should say that's the main way that I've followed you. But I know that you're yeah. on other places in social media, too, right? Yeah, I'm on a lot of things. But Facebook is probably the one that I have the, well, it is the one that the most people interact 
with me through. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and all of that. But um, truth be told, I kind of am technically challenged. So Snapchat is a little bit of a mystery to me, but Facebook I can handle. So <laughs> that's what I that's what I tend to use the most of. Um, so can you tell me the kind of the genesis of I, I'm trying to remember how do you know offhand how many about how many like f- fans, I guess, is what they're called you have because uh, you have a pretty big active page on Facebook. It is pretty active. Yeah, the I think the um, the latest number is about three hundred and thirty eight thousand likes or followers, whatever you call it. <laughs> and a few weeks ago, people were really involved and the overall reach was something like 12 million, which was totally freaking me out. But that's amazing. I know it's crazy, but there, yeah, it's pretty active and people are pretty ready to talk and respond and react to things. So it's been, it's been really fun. (laughs) I love it. And uh, so can you tell me how you got from, um, from Darren (laughs) to uh, Darren with a Facebook page that has a reach of 12 million? It's, um, well, it's taken a long time because I started this Facebook page about eight years ago, maybe seven years ago, but, um, and I've always been really consistent on it. I've never, I've never not been posting. So I feel like over the years, it's kind of like, um, somebody says, see something, they share it. One of their friends sees it, they like it and it's taken seven years, but now 338,000 people are following it. It's kind of mind blowing to me that people (laughs) People will look at the stuff that I create on Facebook and then share it with their friends. It blows me away. So there wasn't there wasn't like a particular event or something that happened where you just kind of broke through. You just started no. this thing and just gradually over you said ten years built up to what you have. Yeah, it's been. I think I think the Facebook page has been around for seven years, but it's been slow, moderate growth. And I would say in the last two years, it's really grown quicker because the more people who like it, then the more people who end up following it. But there was never a day where I woke up and looked at it and suddenly I had a hundred thousand followers. Like I remember when I had a thousand and then I remember when I had 10 and 50. And so every big moment after that, I remember it. And now I'm looking forward to 500,000. So it's taken a long time, but it's been slow. Yeah. And and when did the uh, you you have a book coming out uh, next right. month in April, right? Yeah, um, April fifth. Yeah. And and how did you how did that how did that happen? That was well. I've been writing a blog for eight years, and then about four years ago, I started to think maybe I could write a a book based on this blog and take the stories that I've written and then combine them with other stories and expand them and turn them into a book. So I started to do it and started meeting with a couple of friends who were in publishing or editing or had written books and got their advice. Mm -hmm. And I bought a book called the idiot's guide to getting published. And I followed it rule by rule, page by page. And I swear to God, that's what I did. And so I, I wrote a proposal. I sent it out to agents. I found somebody who liked it. He submitted it to publishers and somebody liked it. And then they turned it into a book. So it's taken about a, it's been about a three year process, Uh but really I I, I owe it all to the idiot's guide to getting published. I I tell you, it's (laughs) totally true. (laughs) Did you thank them in the acknowledgements? (laughs) 
No, I should have. I did think about it, but I, I did tweet them a couple of times and they both liked it. So, um, so I figured that's, that's good enough, you know? Well, and you've been on, like you, you were just recently interviewed or quoted in real simple magazine. You've been on the today show. I mean, you have a list of crazy things. I mean, your book is already sold out on Amazon. I tried to get it. I know. I know. I just saw that yesterday and it's, it's, it's so funny that now when somebody does a story about um, waiters or, or tips or something, some reaction to a restaurant is needed. So many people will reach out to me and, and ask me what I think about it. And somehow I've become the face of waiters around the country. And I'm always like a greedy media whore. So I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And then I'll just figure out what I'm going to say and do it. And, and it always turns out pretty good. So uh, that's my philosophy. Just, just go for it. Just say, you know what you're doing and go for it. And eventually people are just going to believe you and look what's happened to me. It's totally worked out for me. <laughs> right. Fake it, fake it till you feel it. So totally it's true. So, um, were you, uh, how long have you been in the, in the food service industry, I guess? And, and what, what was the impetus that caused you to start this blog and Facebook page and everything? Well, I've been, I mean, I'm, I'm so much older than most of the people that I end up working with or, mm-hmm. or most of the people who follow my blog, because I, I, my first job in the restaurant industry was in 1985, which is probably way before so many people that have followed the blog were even born. <laughs> but I was a busser in my senior year in high school. And then in college, I ended up being a busser. And then I wanted to be a waiter because I was an actor and I was always pursuing that and waiting in tables was the best job because it gave you flexibility and decent money. And that's what I just have, has always been in my back pocket was waiting tables. And that it's just the, it kind of goes hand in hand with anybody who's pursuing a career in acting in New York city, uh, which is what I was doing. So I just became an actor slash waiter. And then, about eight years ago, I started blogging about it because I like to write. And I started the blog just for myself and some friends and started sharing it on Facebook. And like I said earlier, it just people shared it. Mm-hmm. So it just grew into what it has become only because one day after work, I was just really fed up with my customers. So <laughs> and I know you had asked in a post if you if you should share your restaurant name. Have you done that in your book? I did not do it in the book, but I did do it um, a couple of weeks ago uh, in the New York Daily News. They did a big feature about the book and me, and they asked me where I worked, and I told them I kind of wanted to keep it secret. And they said, really, why? And I thought, well, I don't really have a good reason why. (laughs) So I just ended up saying where I worked, and so that went into the paper, but... um, you know, no consequences. My boss knows and had said he didn't care if I did. So I'm kind of out, but I don't broadcast it everywhere. (laughs) Have you been recognized as the bitchy waiter while you're waiting a table? No, only once, I think right after I did um, the Today Show or I I don't, it was one of those. I did CBS Sunday Morning and Dr. Phil and the Today Show all within like a year. And one day after one of those, somebody recognized me, but that's it. Nothing really? major. Really? Oh yeah. Really I work surprised. in 
I work in a, a neighborhood restaurant. It's three blocks away from my apartment. Yeah. And I've worked there for five years. So it's almost all regulars. And it's just people in the neighborhood that I see at the grocery store. I see walking their dog. So they don't really know me as anybody other than that guy that sometimes is their waiter at the restaurant down the street. So it's kind of, you know, it's like I'm anonymous and they don't, but I'm not. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. kind of weird. Do you, uh, I'm just, this is, I'm just curious. Cause I, um, have done a little bit of like Facebook, ma like manage Facebook accounts for other businesses and stuff that have a little bit higher traffic pages. None of them, even in the realm of 300,000, but, um, yeah. uh, but we would always get lots of weird, like random messages and just like weird stuff happens when you have like any kind of online presence. And, um, yeah. have you ever had any, like, we, I mean, do you get weird messages? Do you respond to the messages that people send to your page? I do. I, I, um, I get a lot of messages and then this year, Facebook, I think it was in 2016 on the messages they they had that little icon saying what percentage you reply to and how quickly you reply yeah. to the messages. <laughs> yeah. So I got I've gotten really obsessed in 2016 to try to respond to every single message in a reasonable amount of time. So right now I'm at 97% and responding within 45 minutes. So I'm obviously obsessive, but <laughs> I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah. But I get a lot of messages from people who they'll say, what is your opinion on this? And then they'll give me like so much information, like mm -hmm. everything that happened within a three week period between them and a manager and a coworker and what he said and she said, and it's forever. Like I don't have time to read all of it. Yeah. So when I read those, I usually just have a stock answer like, Hey, I totally understand. I feel your pain. I find that tequila always helps every situation <laughs> and I hope that that will make things better, right. you know, because I don't, I don't know how to tell her what to say to her manager, <laughs> but I do, I do reply to everyone who sends me a message yeah. as for 2016. That is the goal. Oh, nice. And do you read all of the posts? I mean, you'll put up a post and there'll be hundreds of comments. No, I try to. Um, I put up a post tonight that I'm going to put on the Facebook page tomorrow that I put a poll out about a week ago and said, um, what is the the most sexist or worst thing that has ever been told to you while you are at work? And it got 1,200 comments. So yeah, That was a pretty, pretty terrible that, one. Oh, it was horrible. So I wrote this blog post about it tonight. And um, you can read it now at thebitchywaiter.com. But <laughs> it's so depressing. And, and, and it, it blew my mind how many people had gone through what people are willing to say to their, their server mm. just because they think it's just a waitress. Right. And right. that one, I, I couldn't read all of them. It was just too many. But I did take out 21 and I wrote about 21 different comments out of the 1200 but wow. sometimes i'll try to read all of them but i just i can't I, I do my best but i really can't yeah it would be a full-time job and you'd get a drinking problem <laughs> i know and i already have one full-time job and i'm bordering on drinking problems so i don't need anything to push me over the edge so um 
so we have um, we have some questions for you because um, we're going to awesome. do what apparently um, all of the news agencies do, and we're going to turn to you as the face of the food service industry. <laughs> yes, awesome. That's what I am. I am the face. Okay. <laughs> well, if nothing else, you've uh, you, you've the... you've uh, had a front seat to a lot of people's opinions about stuff. I'm sure. <laughs> um, I have. Yeah, that's for sure. So uh, um, we collected some questions from uh, from some of our listeners, and then we also have okay. Uh, we just have some questions of our own but um what are like what are your pet peeves when it comes to uh um being a waiter as far as the people that you work with or the people that you serve in the restaurants the number one pet peeve i have is people who don't have manners and because our job is already one where it's very easy to feel subservient because we are basically in a subservient position mm. but if you have a table who seems to relish that opportunity that they have some minute sense of power over someone and they're going to exploit it and not use manners and treat you poorly. That is the number one thing that upsets me about a customer, just not having manners or having respect for me. And I think almost any server would say that too. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that that, um, I, I have had the um, fortune or good fortune, I guess, of, of, um, I've never, I've had many jobs The food service yeah. industry has not been one of them, but I have, <laughs> um, I have done like a service job where I was going out and saw lots of customers every day and that kind of stuff. And p- people, um, people do tend to, to talk down pretty easily. And I would have to imagine yeah. in a situation like that, like in a restaurant, it's just, it's just amplified. Yeah. Please. And thank you go a long way. <laughs> they do. I always say it. If, if you, when people say, what's the best way to get better, the, the best service in a restaurant, my answer is always use your manners and say please and thank you and give some eye contact to your server and acknowledge that they are a person. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure things will go pretty well for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is one that we're we're divided on here um, in in this uh, on this end of the microphone. Um, where how do you feel about um, couples that sit on the same side of the table? <laughs> Honestly, um, it doesn't bother me a bit. But if somebody does it, I am totally going to make fun of it. Yes. <laughs> I'm into taking photos and shaming people. <laughs> I I love it. Please send me one. Okay. Because I just do every I... once in a while somebody sends me one and I love them. They always make me laugh. Yeah. Uh, my new thing is I have people take photos and send it to us with the hashtag same sighting. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That's so great. <laughs> well, I, I saw a meme out there. I probably shared it and it said um, something about, hey, same side booth sitters. There's a table for you. It's called the bar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> Um, what, uh, how, how do you feel about people Instagramming their food or taking pictures of their food? Or, or I I guess I would expand that to say like phones, phones in general in the restaurant. Well, I'm totally guilty of anybody who follows my Instagram page knows that I'm always putting pictures up of my drinks and my food. So, but, but like I said earlier, if I see one of my customers do it, I'm totally going to make fun of them and, and, you know, give them shit about it. But (laughs) I don't mind if people do it. What I do mind is when the phones become more important than me or any mm-hmm. other server who is trying to do their job. Yeah. And you, you, you need, you need to ask them a question or take their order or just do what you're supposed to do. And they won't respond to you because they're, they're too busy on their phone. Mm-hmm. That's when the phone pisses me off. So 
I don't care if you take drinks or pictures of your drinks or your food, but if you're on the phone when I'm trying to ask you how you want your burger cooked or what you want for dinner, then the customer is the one being the asshole in that situation. Right. Um, What is the, what's the worst thing that you see like on a regular basis? Like what's the most common offense that people do regularly? I think, and I, I work in a pretty chill restaurant, you know, I, I have it pretty good, mm-hmm. but overall, I would say what people are least aware of is that they don't, sometimes people don't understand that there are other people in the restaurant who also have to be taken care of. And <laughs> um, so I see that a lot with people who just think that you are only there to take care of their needs and mm-hmm. not the other six or seven tables that you're also taking care of. Right. And that doesn't mean those people are mean or assholes. It just means that they've never thought about it. And that, that it, I feel like if they knew it, they would go, oh my God, you're totally right. You have six other tables you're taking care of. It never occurred to me. Yep. So yep. I think that happens a lot, but I don't think it necessarily means that those people are assholes. They're just <laughs> unaware. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure what part of the, I mean, I know what time zone you're in cause we set up this call, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know That's what part right. of the country you're in. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure if this is as bad, oh, yeah. if this is as bad as it is here, but here in Seattle, we have a lot of people that have kind of, um, really, really specific dietary restrictions when it comes to oh, um, yeah. food, maybe quote unquote food allergies, <laughs> right. Uh, or slash they don't like it. Right. Yes. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering kind of how you feel about that and, and how you handle them generally or how they should, how well, to not be rude about it. Mm-hmm. If you're the person yeah. with the allergy. Well, I live in New York city, so, um, it's the, the potential is there, but I will say at my particular restaurant, I don't get it that much, but there is a cup. There are a couple of regulars who come in who cannot have gluten. And I don't know if, if they really can't have it. Mm-hmm. Well, actually I know there's one man who he really cannot have it. He knows what he can't have. He knows the right questions to mm-hmm. ask. Um, get, but there are other people who come in and say they can't have gluten, but they're going to drink a beer, which right. has wheat in it. And is you know, there's gluten in it. Right. So, uh, or they'll say, you know, Oh, I can't have this. I can't have that. I need you to leave this out because I can't have gluten. But then when they order a piece of cake at the end of the night and I'll remind them that there's gluten in it, they'll say, Oh, well, I can have a little bit of gluten. Right. Well, you're not allergic to it. Right. You're yeah. just trying to, you're a liar. you know, you're, you're, you're a big fat liar. Yeah. The people who, so those are the people who get on my nerves about mm-hmm. the allergy concerns or the other people who, and it's never happened to me, but I've seen it dozens of times when they, they have a card printed out with all of their allergies on it mm-hmm. and they give it to the server and say, give it to the chef, which I get what the point of that card is, but I feel like if you're allergic to a thousand things, then you need to look at the menu and know what questions to ask Mm -hmm. rather than just hand someone a card and say, I can't have this. So what can I have? Mm -hmm. That that's, that's your job to figure out, not the server's job. Do some homework. We have the internet. You can go online and look at a fucking menu before (laughs) you get there, figure it out. Exactly. That's amazing. So, so people have brought in like printouts of of what, of what. Oh yeah. Um, Oh, I've shared, I've shared those photos many times and made great, great fun of those people. And, um, 
Yeah, it, it'll be like a business card. You know, they probably went to vistaprint.com and got some free business cards and oh had um, everything that they could not have, like every nut, every this, every that. And <laughs> and it says, like, thank you for helping me. And they just give it to the fucking server, like, hey, tell me what I can eat because I'm too lazy to figure it out myself. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um Oh, it's common. It's so common. Are, are um are you are you um one of those waiters that um memorizes orders and uh and if so <laughs> how how the hell do you do you people do that? <laughs> well, I do memorize orders, but again, I've worked at the same restaurant for 5 years and it's not a a crazy high turnover restaurant and we don't have a giant menu. Mm -hmm. And if it's more than three people, I'm going to write it down. But, <laughs> um, so no, I would not trust myself to do that in any other situation, but the servers who do it, I'm impressed when they can do it. But even, even I am nervous when I see them not writing yeah, it down <laughs> because I think, are they going to fuck this up? I don't want them to fuck it up please get it right i want to i want to like you right. but most of the time they get it right but when they don't get it right mm -hmm. but you're like god you, you should have fucking written it down that's what your fucking pad and pen is for that's what your apron is for but i do memorize yeah but you know i usually have like two tops yeah. so yeah that makes it that makes it easier i guess um oh yeah how do you feel about yelp Oh man, I I I've blogged about this so many times. Um, Yelp, the, Yelp is in a transition right now. For for years, Yelp was this place where, where customers could go and um, well, when it first started, people went out and gave meaningful reviews. And then I think it moved to where people just used it as a place to vent because they were too lazy to, to cre create their own own blog and vent there. They just used Yelp for it. So they would just find complaints and complain and complain. Now, what's happened in the last couple of years is restaurant owners are fighting back on Yelp. And so when somebody leaves a bad review, the restaurant owner will go back in and and nitpick and say, well, this is why this happened and this is what actually happened and blow them out of the water. And those are my favorite, <laughs> my favorite things to see on Yelp. Right. Because I think too many people use Yelp as a um, as a threat or, um, you know, say, telling servers that, you know, if you don't do this, you know, I'm going to write a bad review on Yelp. Really? People <laughs> actually do that. And and maybe five years ago, what servers and restaurants were like, oh, my God, please don't do it. And now people are like, Fuck you! Nobody gives a shit about Yelp anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I like. Can I? Go ahead. Can I curse on here? I yes. didn't even ask you. Yeah, I have sure. a potty mouth. <laughs> okay. Um, I love when you post those managers speaking back, especially when they're like, "Actually, we looked at the tape." Yeah. And the oh, I know. <laughs> I love and it. That has to feel good. For... It's so great, and it happens all the time. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's like validation for those for those managers in those restaurants and so many times when when i see one of those and i will blog about it and share it mm. nine times out of ten the person who originally wrote that bogus review or, or petty or trite review they will take it down because so many people on the facebook page will will respond to them and find them and and make fun of them that they're ashamed and they take it down and i'm like i feel like i'm a super waiter sometimes it's so awesome <laughs> you're when, fighting for the good fight when uh restaurant, should, yeah. when restaurant owners uh fight back 
Totally. Um, yeah, so, somebody, somebody told me I should start a business of ask, you know, if, if they get a bad review on Yelp, they should reach out to me so I can blog about them and then convince that person to be so ashamed that they'll just take their review down. I'm I like, like it. If, if things get tough, maybe I will. There you go. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just holding up a mirror, really. Like, let, let's, right. let's look at this together. Is this really something you want to say? Is this how you want to represent yourself to the world? Right. <laughs> that I would love, be so great. I love when you put up the Yelp reviews and call it the person's name, like, Brian? Is it really, is it really this restaurant or is it you? I know. <laughs> I love it. I know. And well, Brian's going to show up at my restaurant someday now that if he can find it in the daily news and just come kick my ass. I, know. I don't think he's smart enough. Yeah. Honestly. Yes. He has to read. Right. Not a lot of reading comprehension no. there. Um, well, this is something that I always, um, I, I have really, I have lots of anxiety whenever I go out because I hate, I hate feeling like I'm an inconvenience. Like somebody yeah. could order, like they could deliver my, they could bring my food to the table and yeah. it could have like a hairball on it. And, and yeah. I would just not say anything. I am the same way because I just don't, I'm just terrified of being a hassle. And like, I get big, I yeah. get anxiety about going out with groups of people because I don't want to pay <sighs> for everybody, but I also don't <sighs> want to be the guy that's like, Oh, can we split this up? Or here's a pile of 27 <sighs> debit cards or whatever. Totally. So, so I guess my, my question is, um, what's the best way, like, if there is something, I don't, we'll call it constructive criticism, or, like, let's <laughs> yeah. say there is something actually wrong with the food, and, and you do want to ask to be for something to be changed, should, should you just suck it up and, like, not say anything and, like, get over yourself? Or is there, no. is there like, a healthy way to do it that's... <laughs> I mean, you should, and I'm the same way as you. I, it has to be really bad for me to want to complain about my food. But if, if it's really bad and you are completely not satisfied, then yes, you should tell your server. And But it, it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning. Manners matter because if you call the server over and say something like, uh, did you see how you serve this steak? You know, That's not how you present that problem. If you explain to them, I, I'm sorry, but I think I'm not satisfied with the way this turned out, then the server's going to be more willing to work with you. So you just have to be nice if be that comes dick. up. But I'm with Yeah, don't be a dick. It's pretty easy. We should just get t-shirts that say don't be a dick. That should be every server's uniform. Yeah. Um, so we have this weird thing happening in Seattle right now where the minimum wage is going to $15. Yeah. $15. And mm -hmm. some of these large restaurants, um, specifically right now, Tom Douglas is leading the way, has taken away tipping at his restaurant. So he owns, I don't know if you know Tom Douglas, but he owns like high-end yeah. restaurants. He's been on Top Chef Celebrity and all this stuff. Um, so he's going to a tip-free zone, but a 20% service charge. Mm -hmm. And then right. he won't say how much percentage is going to the servers, uh, but that he's going to um, provide health care, like health insurance. And yeah. So how do you feel about this? Well, it's happening here too. You know, Danny Meyer is doing that on the East Coast. And um, I just don't know. I've, I, I've also heard that when, when restaurants are switching over to that, that business model, that some the, the servers are also getting or not just the servers but the whole restaurant staff are also getting a percentage of the profits at times and if you have a really great night you're going to get make more money so if that's the case that would be terrific but if it's always a 15 dollar an hour um 
flat rate that you're getting, I don't know how many servers would want to do that all the time because I'd rather work a Tuesday lunch for six hours right. if I'm going to make $15 an hour than a really busy Saturday night where you're slammed and in the weeds for six hours and make $15 an hour. So I don't know how it's working and I don't know anybody who's in a restaurant like that. And I've reached out to a couple of people, but nobody ever responds. It's almost like they're not allowed to talk about it or something. It's kind of weird. <laughs> maybe it's a, maybe it's a cult. I don't know. Yeah, but It is kind of weird that he's not saying what percentage goes where. Yeah. I, and maybe it's because it's, it's like, it's sort of like pooling tips. You know, you, you get a percentage of, mm-hmm of the hours based on how many people were there. Maybe it's that way that, that he, it's too hard to explain that, well, the people who worked on Saturday night and sold this much money are going to get more than the people who worked lunch on a Tuesday and only sold this much money. So maybe he can't say this percent goes to this person. Maybe there's some complicated algorithm or something, but there has to be in, in order to make, servers willing to work for $15 an hour because if you're in a high-end restaurant like that you are definitely making more than $15 an hour oh, for sure right um what uh where, like how where do you come down on the tipping thing um like how how much should we tip and um should yeah. it should it be like variable depending on how your service was or is it always just kind of straight across the board or well, I, I read a study once that said most people tip the same regardless of their service, which if you think about it, that that's probably what people do. I, I know that's what I do. If the service is great, I leave 20 to 25 percent. If the service is bad, I leave 20 to 22 percent, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that most people I want most people to tip 20 percent. Mm-hmm. But then when you start thinking about the servers in Seattle, who are already making $15 an hour and, or, but they're not getting tipped at that restaurant, but some States they've increased the minimum wage and they're still waiting tables. Right. Right. So if, if a server in Texas is making $2 and 13 cents, yeah, you definitely want to tip them. But if a server in Portland is making $12 an hour, I can understand why people are hesitant to tip them because there are probably other people who are making $12 an hour who you're not tipping. Mm-hmm. So it's not across the board like it used to be. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how it's going to pan out. And you, you can't expect a customer to know how much the server is making per hour so they can decide on what to tip. That's not fair. Right. But I, I think the next few years is going to be really interesting to see where it all falls. Yeah. Right now, I, I'm, I'm still for like, hey, tip me 20% of your bill. That's, that's what I need. That's what, as long as I give good service, you know, if I fuck up, then yes, I don't deserve it. But most servers, I think, do a pretty good job. And if you screw up, then yeah, you're just going to have to accept that you might only get 10% or even less, but you know, you got to give good service to expect 20%. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I've heard people, I mean, so with the 15 dollar minimum wage it's weird i say it's weird because if you only own one restaurant you aren't obligated to pay 15 dollars an hour but tom douglas has to because he owns 10 or more um so so it it's all like that so a chain restaurant like an applebee's 
would have to right. pay 15 so like that um so i've heard people say well this person is making 15 dollars an hour so i'm only going to tip 10% but the problem yeah. is they didn't give you any better or less service than when they were making 10 and also you're a shitty person for thinking that <laughs> right you're really going out of your way to save five dollars <laughs> right exactly and also i mean i this is just a personal story i always do 20 percent minimum but then like if i've stayed extra long like you know i'm having a yeah. conversation i always throw in probably ten dollars more an hour that i've stayed on. yeah throw some extra money yeah. right because we're basically leasing those tables exactly. right exactly mm -hmm. and if it's a busy night do not stay there that's, no, that's, that just would, that, that's just asshole behavior yeah. for sure. <laughs> um, so I, uh, just a couple more. What, um, when people are, when people are terrible to their servers or terrible to the people that work at the restaurant, um, yeah. do you, do you think bad things actually happen to their food? Like, is that a real thing that happens? No, I've, I've said it before. I, I, Yes, it definitely happens, but it, it's not anywhere close to what people fear that, that it happens. Right. And, you know, it, it's the, the rest. I've, I've worked in this restaurant for five years. The, the, the club I worked in before I um, before this, I worked in there for five years and not once in the 10 years total that I worked at those places. Did I ever see anyone do anything bad to food, even though we had served multiple, multiple assholes and douchebags. <laughs> so it really doesn't happen that often. I would say it's very, very rare, mm -hmm. but in a perfect storm of a supreme asshole customer and a really pissed off waiter who gets the perfect opportunity to do something to that food, it might happen. Yeah. But it's kind of like, Everything has to converge at this super precise moment to make that happen. So right. yeah, just, just don't be a dick and, yeah. and you're good. Don't be a dick seems yeah. to be the, uh, the overarching narrative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> narrative. I mean, I know. I, you'd get a long way, uh, just in life with, with, if you could stick <laughs> right. to that rule, I think. <laughs> just, so I know it's right. It's totally true. Um, so I have a couple questions for you that these are, you can take off the, uh, the waiter hat. Uh, I'm assuming if there is a waiter hat, okay. I, I don't know how that All right. works. Yeah, it's, paper. it's made of have, paper. Yeah, hopefully you don't have to wear a hat at your job. <laughs> these, these are more, no, I don't. Uh, these are just, I'm just curious on your opinion on these things because they're, they're polarizing issues for us. And, um, and okay. since we have you on the phone, I have to ask. So I'm, uh, how do you feel about man buns? <laughs> I had a man bun for like three years. So yes. I, I had man bun before it was cool. All right. Okay. So um, but now it's over, right? I, now, well, now my hair is a little shorter. I can't quite do the man bun, but I did it. I've been doing man bun for years and years, so I'm fine with it. Um, I feel like it's usually the guys now who have the man buns. It's more the guys that I have the problem with, not right. necessarily their hair. Yeah, that's a really <laughs> so, good point. That's a really yeah. good point. I'm not opposed to man buns. I'm just opposed to most of the men who have buns. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> oh, yes. I get that. I get that. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about banana flavored candy? I fucking hate it. That's Thank disgusting. <laughs> yes. All right. Okay. One for Christy and one for me on that one. Um, and where do you come down on selfie sticks? Oh, I hate selfie sticks. <laughs> I hate them. Uh -oh. There, I, I saw some tourists taking a picture, a selfie stick picture a few weeks ago in Chelsea. And I, I took a picture of them and put on my Instagram and it, you know, it was like, hashtag, I fucking hate you or something. I also shame selfie stupid. stick people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, 
So, Jeremy, can I take this to mean that you are pro selfie stick? I, well, I'm, I'm not as much oh, pro yes. selfie <laughs> stick as I am anti anti selfie stick. <laughs> I get it. Everybody has a right to have their selfie stick. I get it. Okay. But I, totally, I, I basically hate a lot of stuff and a lot of people, yeah. and so yeah. this is kind of a bit on Just... our show where I do a drone strike of a certain type of person, and yeah. Selfie sticks have been one. And then, of course, for our listeners have sent us, I think we now have three selfie sticks. Yeah. Now oh, you're so lucky. Christmas yeah, you was... can send... yeah, that's that's terrific. Yeah. I also hate Mercedes. <laughs> oh, see, I don't I, I don't have experience with cars because I just use the subway. So I just say I hate the MTA. So. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, um, Darren, thank you for taking the time to uh, to talk with us. Um, how can people find you and wh- where should they find you online and uh, and where can they find your book? Well, well my book is um, – it's officially out on April 5th, and I know it will be at all Barnes & Noble. Um, it, it's, it's in some now, but officially April 5th. And if it's not at your local bookstore, then you need to go ask them to order it. You can also – so get it on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com, and you can find me at www.thebitchywaiter.com. And if you find me on any social media, just look for Bitchy Waiter, and I'm I'm on all of them. Yeah, everything. <laughs> and what's what's the name of your book? The name of the book is The Bitchy Waiter, so <laughs> it's pretty easy to remember. Easy, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and it's bright pink, so it's easy. I went to Barnes and Noble today. Because I, I had heard that it was there. Mm-hmm. So I went to Barnes and Noble and I was totally that first time author that's like, Can you tell me where this book is? I went to information. She told me it was on the second floor in humor and I went and found it. And then I totally did an Instagram of me like walking up to my book. So yes. yeah, it's oh it's gosh. there. What did that and feel like? It, um what was I was excited and then I was embarrassed because I realized that somebody was watching me like videotape myself <laughs> at Barnes and Noble. You know, so he kind of he stole my thunder a little bit, but um, but no, it it's great. It, it feels amazing to have this be a reality. I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm just gonna throw this out there: if you had had a selfie stick, you could have had a really uh, great angle uh, on that video. It would have been <laughs> it would have been handy. Weird. You know, I have to admit because yeah, if I could have had a little bit more depth in that image mm-hmm. it, it would have looked nicer it was a little close up yeah there we go good point good point jeremy and uh and this is a uh, um i i know it's local to brooklyn but we you have, have a few a, um, new york listeners yeah we have some people out oh, in new york yeah. you're actually having a, a launch party on the or a book launch on the fifth right yeah on um on the fifth in uh dumbo at a place called power powerhouse arena and it's tuesday april 5th that is the day the book comes out and I'm having a book launch that night, and if you don't, if you need another reason to be there, there's free cheap wine, and my mom will be there. So you know, can't beat that. Signing the books, (laughs) but my mom will probably just be taking pictures of me signing the books. So cute. So will books be available to buy there? Yeah, they will have. They are going to have books there, and um, I I'm hoping that we just sell all of them. But I, I don't know. People might be like. Asshole. It's <laughs> just gonna be a book full of bitching. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> and we we want to give away a copy of your book. If we if we mail it to you, could you sign it and mail it back to us so we can give away like an autograph copy? Yes, totally. One hundred percent. Yeah, I'll send you my address. Awesome. Absolutely. That would be awesome. Yeah, I think we're gonna pick up two on our way home tonight because the Barnes and Noble by us has has them in stock now. 
Oh, cool. Yes, absolutely. That would be, I would 100% do that. That would be exciting to me. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks, thanks for so taking much. the time to talk with us, Darren. No, you guys are great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank absolutely. you. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Can I just say something about Mr. Waiter? Yes. <laughs> I don't uh you've been calling him bitchy because apparently you guys are on a first, yeah, first name, name basis yeah you're first like name. oh i just got an email from bitchy <laughs> <laughs> just... i mean seriously this was like a celebrity get yeah. for me i was you so were as excited. nervous as you've ever been oh yeah that was pretty for sure uh, pretty fantastic i just okay i the um as i mentioned i've never really been that involved in kind of the food service industry i mean i don't even really we don't really even eat out a ton mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm just kind of like out detached from that world. Mm -hmm. But one of the most interesting things that he said, that one of the things that I could have talked to him about, but for everybody's sake, um, and probably for his own, because I don't (laughs) think that he would have wanted to talk about it. I'm just amazed with the fact that he started, like, there's no secret sauce that got, I mean, it's, it's like a, uh. What's that called? Like, it's like the American dream. It's like a success story. <laughs> like this dude just started, do, like started blogging and got in at the right time or whatever and just kind of plugged away at it, kept on doing it. Wasn't, you know, telling his friends about it or whatever, just to be funny. And dude's got 300,000 people that are in, like, that's just insane. I mean, well, he's got millions of helps. people reading the stuff that he wrote. It helps that it's a, a niche community so either you've worked at a restaurant <laughs> you currently work at one or you frequent them yeah so yeah y- he has a, a great audience there's not very many people that are doing what he's doing mm-hmm. about restaurants mm-hmm. everyone loves people bitching about their work yeah and their workplace and and he's hilarious and yeah. then he there's lots of people contributing to it because yeah there's not much so I, he has a lot of information he's in a niche he's in a niche i also kind of feel bad that i like did exactly what he said everybody does and just kind of set him up as like the arbiter of knowledge when it comes to all things food service you know (laughs) what i mean like (laughs) oh well (laughs) (laughs) whatever it was nice it was great to talk to him and so i started following him recently on twitter um from my personal account and i think from the show account too but his stuff is like have you do you follow him on twitter yeah he like he posts he i don't know he posts a lot of really funny videos on there he posted a video last night of him like like going out like getting crazy on a saturday night and involved just like shooting whipped cream straight into his (laughs) mouth (laughs) oh my gosh i have so many stories about whipped cream in the restaurant business, oh God. whipped cream, especially if you have desserts that contain it, I actually had to, we had to lock up the whipped cream <laughs> because either people shoot it in their mouth, right? <laughs> right. Or they huff it. Mm-hmm. And so we had to have it in a locked cage and I was the holder of the key. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. That's so like the spray to, paint they, they have to do down in like yeah. L.A. So they'd have to p- lock it up. Uh, servers would have to show me a, a ticket that would say <gasps> that they get a dessert oh, with the whipped cream on it. Just to clarify, yeah. I don't think he was at a restaurant when this was happening. Oh. I think that this was just like him uh, hanging out on I know, a Saturday night. But I'm just going to tell oh, you that doing those what they call whippets mm-hmm. in in the walk-in is is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to co-sign that. 
for fun. Yeah, he's hilarious. I loved the video. Did you see watch the video that he talked about of seeing himself his book at the Barnes and Noble? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, if he would have had a selfie stick, I think it really would help. <laughs> Maybe a wide angle lens. I, selfie I could stick. just see myself doing something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, start start blogging. I well, guess, and that's what, see what appealed <laughs> to me so much is because I did have a blog about my job. Right. And that was kind of my dream to write it and yeah, and have it become a book. The difference is is that you started getting some traction. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a couple thousand yeah. people reading your blog, and you kind of had a panic, like you panicked and just shut it down. Well, I panicked <laughs> and then did it less, and then shut it down once my boss died. Yeah, because I oh fe- yeah, I felt, that felt a little weird. Yeah. Well, we got to try and dig that up because I think uh, I think you have some stories that are worth. Yeah, I sharing. mean, I just feel bad telling a funny story about him pooping his pants mm-hmm. and then him getting like really ill i think we're probably far away from it <laughs> enough now yeah, that yeah, it's okay no, you know it, what yeah. i mean like it's been a couple of years we can make yeah. uh you know we can make 9-11 jokes or whatever oh no no no, no? Oh. maybe maybe i just need to buy that idiot's guide to getting your book published like mm. he, like yeah he seriously had. now i feel bad about the 9-11 thing i'm sorry yeah. guys it's not funny. Yeah, it's not Let's funny. put that on uh, the <laughs> Okay. Um, I wanted to hear briefly about your experience w- with you had a run-in with freedom. <laughs> run-in with freedom? <laughs> no, you there, were in the midst, uh, as anybody that has been anywhere near I, a computer or any kind of television in the last year knows, we're in the midst of a presidential election, and Christina... Um, Washington state is a state where you, we don't have a primary, you caucus and Christy. I rocked uh, out with my caucus out. Christy got her caucus on. Yeah. (laughs) And now you're like running for some position or something. (laughs) Well, I haven't officially declared Jeremy. I still have to print out the form and mail it in. (laughs) This uh, will be like your sponsor or something. Oh, okay. Is that how that works? Do politicians have sponsors? Well, you could start a super pack. So what did you do? You caucused for, I mean, do you want to talk about this on the show? Sure. I mean, I think it's kind of cool. And I will also say, like, you guys, if um, I, I uh, as we've talked about on the show, I was, I was homeschooled. I was kind of raised in a bit of a bubble. I'm, I've, in the last few years, come out of that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine last night mentioning how kind of embarrassing it is that at the age of 33 I'm just like learning about how the president gets elected mm-hmm. <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um I can't even really blame homeschooling cuz I was part of a program called Youth in Government where we like yeah. ran a mock senate like in Olympia for 2 weeks in the capital of Washington state and went down there and like wrote bills and anyway so i i don't know what my excuse is but here i am at 33 kind of learning about this and i think it's really cool and i will say that uh it feels like now more than ever this is a very important time for (laughs) For people to get involved especially people that agree with me politically and um will echo you know what i believe and and vote for the people that i think they should vote for Mm -hmm. those people should definitely get involved well and we should say that you wanted to be there, but I did. You had right. something. I with could not Ellie. go. I had to. Um, my daughter has been signed up for a cooking class since December, and uh, when we went to go try and find out, 
if we could change it, the cooking class was sold out like through the rest of 2016. Yeah. <laughs> so there wasn't really a way for us to change it. But I did write in. Yep. I did like fill out a form and, and write it in. And apparently Christy saw it at mm-hmm. the caucus thing, which yeah. I don't know. For some reason, I thought that that was like a private. It doesn't feel very secure to me. <laughs> that oh, this really? is like I would have been more concerned if it wasn't there. Hmm. Okay. Um. So basically, I mean, I don't, I don't know how many people know about this, or I mean, so basically, you go with all of your neighbors in a precinct, and I think ours was like in a one mile radius. We go to a school with a lot of other neighborhoods. I mean, it was all of like Linwood, Everett. Edmonds, Muckleteo, were all at one school and then divided into oh into districts or whatever into districts and then into neighborhoods, mm-hmm. um, which are called precincts. And um, then from there you sit. So there was twenty six people that showed up for our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And there was a few absentees like yours in the packet, and then we read the rules and then we go through and say. This is who I'm voting for. And we had 23 people for Sanders and three people for Clinton. So you do the math and she got zero and Sanders got four. And then what you do is everyone has three minutes that they can go around and say, this is why I'm voting for who. And then we do round two. And each time they say time's up mm-hmm. and um, and then they say anyone who wants to can leave. And that and we were beyond capacity they had to actually move half the people out um out to go outside luckily it was a nice day Mm -hmm. um and then they do a second round has anyone changed their mind no yes do the delegate counts again in our neighborhood had four and then what happens is okay this is our final vote still 23 to 3 and then we get to nominate four people to move on to the legislative one which is in april Mm -hmm. mid-april so what happened was everyone who wanted to do it raised their hand. And then if there was more than four, you would have to go and do a campaign speech. Mm-hmm. And then people vote Just for right you. there. Yeah, right there. <laughs> and um, then you all then there's also five alternates. So mm-hmm. there was four people that were picked to be the main delegate and then five alternates and yeah. then we go on april 17th and do that and then it goes up to the county mm-hmm. and then the state and the people who go to the state are like career politicians mm-hmm. and because from the state if you're picked you get to go to the national um convention and they pay your way to wow. go there and stuff and it's like a huge party the problem is that i would never get picked for something like that because that's like oh. state senators and mayors and people uh. that go in and have huge speeches and people dress all crazy to try to get more attention. What? Yeah. And they have what? already like started to campaign to get they, they, there. Wait, they dress crazy. Yeah. Like, wait, like, what do you mean? Like they dress nice or they wear like no. crazy costumes. hats. What? Yeah. Costumes and what? crazy hats. And you can Google and look no. at it. Yeah. I'm sh- for sure. No. For sure. Um, so then, uh, basically I, one of the people that was a Hillary voter really wanted to be a delegate. And so I said, if she's going to be 
a delegate for our precinct, I'm going to be one as well Mm -hmm. because I need to make sure that she's held accountable and does what we want. Mm -hmm. And that's for her to vote for Sanders and not for Clinton. And she goes, well, I'd vote for what what you guys said. And I was like, but you have zero obligation to actually follow through with that. And because of that, I'm going to be there to make sure that you do it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. So I Googled caucus outfits. Uh I, I don't know what I should be Googling. Okay. Uh, and so far, it's just a whole bunch of pictures of people wearing Ku Klux Klan outfits. Okay. Well, it's then just you're... a bunch of people. First, actually, what came up is, I think you meant Google in its ever so helpful way. Uh, I, I think what you really were searching for was cactus outfits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because, uh, so apparently that's a thing that exists, but also, uh, that's not what I meant. How about you Google Democratic Convention outfits? Okay. All right. Uh, well, we, we don't need to just live <laughs> we can have that stream as a sh- me a doing show. Google <laughs> searches, but I am uh, I am really interested in this. So you decided you decided to go just to make sure that this lady actually yeah. says the right thing. Yeah. So she needs to represent her. Na- she has zero obligation because I could go and say, you know what? Everybody here because we're now in a bigger group Mm -hmm. that has more delegates, they've all convinced me. Or what has happened from today, from Mm -hmm. Saturday to May or April 17th that has decided, like, Bernie decides to, like, be crazy or, like, kill people. Why are there multiple rounds of this? Why does... I I don't know. Washington (laughs) likes to stretch it out. Okay. They just, like, make a huge deal of it, so... I have seen, I mean, I saw lots of people saying that the caucus system is messed up. Like, even people that were kind of excited about the way it went yesterday or not, whatever, you know, even people that were excited about the way that it went said, this system, like, is bonkers. Like, it just doesn't work. It doesn't make sense for people that, uh, it's like exclusive, exclusive? What's the opposite of inclusive? Exclusive? It cuts people out that are. Um, anxious or have social anxiety oh, because sure. you like have to be in a crowd and have to like maybe speak and I mm-hmm. mean it just sounds it just sounds like a disaster. Yeah, I didn't talk at all so. until that gr- that girl got nominated to be a delegate, and then I said, uh. "Nope, I'm going." Huh. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I I would say that it definitely is messed up, and and the issue is that we haven't done this in eight years, mm-hmm. so. We didn't know what was... I mean, they fixed a lot. Mm-hmm. I sat in a gym from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. eight years ago, mm-hmm. and it was hell. Yeah, you were there for like an hour, yeah. hour and a half. It was an hour, yesterday. and I get to be a delegate, where the last time I was a neighborhood delegate and moved on to the next one, and um, I was there till 5 p.m., and it still, it still was going. Mm-hmm. I just left. And... So they've fixed a lot, but they didn't fix enough. And here's the problem is that people are only interested. The majority of people are only interested in politics and campaign and government um, every four years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they these are all volunteers that run this caucus and decide how it's going to work and find places that will donate their the school's time and energy yeah. to do it. So so that's the problem. The reason why I want to run for PCO, which is a precinct committee officer, that's the person that for your neighborhood runs it. So stands there and says, okay, today we're going to be voting for this person and basically runs the whole thing. It's because I 
just realized today that my card to get me into the next round was put back into the envelope because that's what the guy who was the acting officer said was the process. Uh And when I said, can you please read the rules again? Because we were stuck on a couple things. He just said, oh, well, this is what it is. And then put all of our stuff into the envelope. So now I don't actually have my ticket to get in to be a delegate. And so you're mad at this guy for doing his job wrong. And well, so he didn't you even. Wanna, it's not his job. We just don't have a. Know. We don't have a PCO for our precinct. Mm-hmm. So he was the acting PCO. So we mm-hmm. need someone who's actually trained. Plus, it would be kind of fun to be actually on a, on a ballot. Interesting. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Christy. <laughs> I fully endorse you or your candidacy. Or, okay. Um, your this election thing that you're doing. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down. I'm, I uh, I support you. Sounds good. I'm behind you. Um, spiritually and physically, will be behind you, standing if there's ever an option to do that. Okay. So you'll ring the doorbells because you know I don't like to actually. Oh yeah. With oh man. <laughs> I, can I be like your campaign manager? <laughs> sure. Oh man, I feel like that's something that I would be good at. Yes. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, uh, we, we have, we have, uh, let's move on to a segment that we call the follow-up files. The follow-up files. This is when we kind of discuss topics that have been previously discussed on the show. And I just have one kind of interesting thing that uh, popped up in my news feed as we were talking about flash mobs. I think on the last episode on 119, where you, Christina, you used mm-hmm. to uh, participate in some flash mobbery. Yeah. <laughs> have done I multiple like that you call it flash them. mobbery. So I was watching a lot of these videos trying to find you. Uh-huh. And uh, I did not find you. Okay. But I did find the Bluetooth guy that we mentioned. Of course. Who, who I have now, like, the reason that flash mobs don't ha- happen as much as they used to solely rests on his shoulders as far as oh. i'm concerned okay so That's there was a decided. guy that was in your world of flash mobbing mm-hmm. that decided that he wanted to be like the bluetooth guy yeah. he <laughs> wanted to event. stand out he would like always wear a business suit and like a, a bluetooth yeah and I, I found him and i have posted multiple pictures of him on social media since because uh for whatever reason i'm really into this guy but here's what i will say while i was watching these videos of flash mobs um I, uh, I, it made me really excited. <laughs> it made me really want to like do like g- weird performance art flash mob stuff. Okay. I was into you should it. do it. Yeah. I was into it. I am, um, yeah. I have dumb hobbies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so there's a group called Improv Anywhere, and I meant to bring this up. Uh, I'm, I, kind of I meant to mention them on our episode when we were talking about flash mobs but they're big out in the east coast and new in, um in New York I think they're based out of New York and yeah, it's an improv group they and just they the pause like, for a minute in yeah, Times Square yeah they like never. would go to public places and they had everybody just freeze frame and they um go out and uh there was one where I think a bunch of them walked like shirtless into an Abercrombie and Fitch <laughs> because of all the like they shirtless did the models time. they did they, the hammer time thing in the 
Right. They do these crazy, like, choreographed things where, like, there was, they'll give everybody a dance, or everybody an iPod and have them play a specific track at a specific time that gives them very specific instructions on what to do and what color shirt to wear mm-hmm. and all this kind of fun stuff. And then it'll be these big kind of performance art pieces. So um, I thought it was interesting because I, I haven't heard about them in a long time, or at least I feel like I haven't. And then randomly last work, last week, after our talk of flash mobs, up pops up improv anywhere <laughs> with they got some press for a stunt that they did in NYC where they used NYC. Is, is that something that people say? <laughs> okay. I feel really <laughs> dorky. Um, you know, the New old York NYC. <laughs> Back As home. Um, so they they had a group. They had four sets of twins involved in this prank. And basically they had somebody come on a subway car and say, hey, I'm trying to raise money for a time machine. I've tried Kickstarter. Nobody believes me, but it's a great idea. And I'm really close. I just need a few more bucks. And then somebody dressed exactly like him or that looks exactly <laughs> like him came in and said, don't do it. Don't build the time machine. Don't do it. And then <laughs> other people started coming in and talking to their counterparts that looked exactly like them saying, I'm you from the future. Don't give this guy money. Don't do it. <laughs> it's a huge mistake. Anyway, it was kind of exciting and interesting. That's I, awesome. I watched the video and I was, um, I was, uh, I don't know. I want to say disappointed. It made me happy. Uh I don't know. For some reason, I thought it was going to kind of be like cooler, but (laughs) I don't know. It was, it was the, what's really interesting is the comment section on this Gizmodo article (laughs) because it's a lot of people having a very serious conversation about the ethics of time travel. (laughs) And, oh, whether, come on. and whether whether it would be held appropriate or not and all that kind of stuff but uh anyway go check that out we'll post a link in the show notes i just thought it was pretty funny and uh and timely it's like that time we had the beef jerky guy on and then weirdly as a result one of the beef jerky people that we started talking to got on the today show yeah because somebody found our podcast randomly some like staffing person at the Today Show yeah, found our podcast producer and then something. booked the the beef jerky guy <laughs> <laughs> that we talked about. Which so I mean, random. I like I'm into it. I'm glad that we're making an impact. But like you know, hey, like give us a little shout out or something. Right, right, right. <laughs> but you know, book us on so, the hey, show. So hey, maybe improv anywhere was like, hey, look, people are still talking about flash mobs. This oh, little maybe. podcast out on the West Coast is <laughs> apparently still into flash mobs. Let's do something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, Christina, let's uh, let's talk about this now. Okay. Another critically acclaimed segment. Am I a jerk? <laughs> Where we uh, we we bring up issues, or sometimes our issues, sometimes other people' issues, other people's issues. Bring them up before the the tribunal <laughs> of our listeners and ask you guys for your feedback on on is this person a jerk. Or not? Mm-hmm. Am I a jerk? Yes, I'm a jerk. Everybody's jerking around. Yeah. Am I a jerk? Well, you be the judge. Jeremy's never seen the movie The Jerk. Yeah. Everybody's jerking around. So we have a, a special wedding chat edition. <laughs> yeah, we do. Am I a jerk? Um, as you may or may not know. Christine and myself are engaged to be married. That wedding is going to be happening sometime in the next couple of weeks. 
which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. And uh, Christina has already picked out her a, a beautiful dress. It's a somewhat non-traditional as wedding dresses go. It's like a gray, kind of mm-hmm. a gray T-length dress, mm-hmm. I feel like, is what I've heard you say. I love that you say T-length. Do you even know what that means? Well, uh, short. <laughs> <laughs> right? Shorter than well, a long length. It's longer than your Shorter knees. than a coffee length dress. <laughs> <laughs> Weaker than coffee. I like my dresses. But more sophisticated. Like I like my mochas. What? Uh, no, not just drip coffee. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. <laughs> <laughs> too expensive, which yeah. is to say I never have them because yeah. they're too expensive. <laughs> I would be broke if I bought mochas all the time uh, and probably much fatter. But uh, so you picked out your dress. Yes. And then we caught wind through the grapevine. Well, I don't know if we want to blow the lid off of our operative or not. (laughs) I think we should. Okay. Okay. So, are we saying which one it is? If you feel if you feel appropriate, go for it. Okay. So, I mean, we've told plenty of stories of both of our moms being insane. Mm -hmm. Like for whatever reason, this wedding is driving them insane. Well, I think that that's a pretty common like mother of the bride slash groom. They're just insane but this is just bringing it out it really makes an opportunity it really creates an opportunity for um interesting character quirks to (laughs) to rise to the surface to shine like if there's very nice like little cracks in the glass (laughs) this is like a little extra pressure that maybe causes those cracks to grow or at times even break (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, my mom has done a lot of crazy things. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't say crazy anymore. Okay. It's um, uh, offensive. Ableist. It's ableist. Okay. That's the word I was so, thinking of. Mm-hmm. whatever it is, she's done a lot of, let's just use inappropriate. Mm-hmm. She's done a lot of inappropriate things. Um, and we'll see after the next couple weeks how much more mm. comes out. But... Uh, Jeremy's mom, um, kind of cornered me at nephew's soccer game and was saying, you know, is your dress white? Mm -hmm. Is it long? Mm -hmm. Are you going to wear a veil? Like just pepper, like firing questions at me. I usually try to defer to Jeremy (laughs) on everything and they don't listen and Mm -hmm. they only want to ask me all the questions. But, um, so she asked me, you know, what does it look like? And I tell her, oh, it's gray. It's T-length. You know, this is this is what it looks like. Um, she asked more questions. And then we hear a couple days later, I get a text from um, Jeremy's sister that his mom is attempting to buy a gray T-length dress <laughs> that mm-hmm. and she asked, does this look like Christie's? Mm-hmm. And um, Jessica told her, yes, that's My inappropriate. Sister, yeah. It's way too close. You can't do that. Yeah. And your mom kind of threw a little fit and said, I guess I can't have a new dress mm-hmm. because apparently no other color dresses are sold mm-hmm. anywhere. Not this time of season. <laughs> this is gray. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is Seattle in the rainy mm-hmm. season, so gray is appropriate. But um, it's so, the only color we have out here. So the question is, is the mother of the groom mm. a jerk or mother of the bride, either one, mm-hmm. a jerk for trying to dress, uh, for wearing the same color as the bride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jeremy doesn't see there's anything wrong with it. He says, well, if my dad wanted to wear the same color suit as me, I wouldn't, un- mm-hmm. I would understand. I don't care. Which is true. Yeah. Yeah. But this is different. Mm-hmm. 
I just, in my opinion, we'll see. Yeah. I'm interested to hear what people say. That's what we want to know, guys. That's the crux of it. Is is my mom a jerk? <laughs> or I mean, if it if it helps you to to detect to, to, to not make it personal, is the mother or mother of the bride or the groom, if they were to wear a dress similar to the bride, is that does that make them a jerk? Is that a jerky thing to do? I just because you have you were very taken aback that this was even happening. You oh, it's were, you so inappropriate! It. It's so inappropriate. And I, you know, I'm glad that it's not happening. I'm glad that it got shut down for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But you know, I also I don't think I, it doesn't strike me as that big of a deal. If I was, you know, to be honest with myself, <laughs> so I'm curious. <laughs> it is is she a jerk, guys? <laughs> Let us know. Let us know. Um. All right. Well, Christina, let's just do this one little last thing, and okay. uh, and we'll get out of here. Sounds good. T-minus three minutes and counting. Five, four, three, two, one. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. This is, of course, Rad Space News, Christina's favorite segment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So, Christy, we've talked about this before. We have plans. We, being humanity, has plans to try and get people on Mars, like, in the next 20 years. That's that's a, a thing that we need okay. to happen. So, as part Wait, of this... why do we need it to happen? Well, to learn more about the universe okay. and our planet. And Mars, at one time, had an atmosphere very similar to ours and no longer does, which is where our planet is heading. So, the more that we can study Mars and figure out what happened there, maybe we can learn about how to prevent... Uh, the earth from turning into a, you know, a giant, cold, lifeless rock floating through space, <laughs> which is uh, where we're all headed. Um, so as part of this journey to Mars, NASA is calling it. There's lots of things that need to happen. We just talked about Scott Kelly, who was up in uh, space for over a year to we're doing experiments on his body before, after and uh, during to to track and see how uh, being in low gravity or microgravity for that long affected his body. Another thing that we have to test is fire. <laughs> we have to test, like, there's fire retardant materials. Spacesuits are made out of material that's supposed to not burn <laughs> or is fire retardant. There's lots of, you know, I, I mean, if you have a fire, a car fire here, that's bad. But you can, worst case scenario, pull over and jump out of your car and run away. Uh, you don't really get that privilege in space. So the challenge is, is that it's, it's, it's. I saw the Martian. It's not safe. I know. To, to do experiments on this and to see, hey, what's going to happen if a fire breaks out? And the, so they, they can test it now on a very small scale. They take these tiny little, like the size of your pinky nail. They'll take that little piece of fabric and burn it and observe it and try and figure out, you know, try and learn what they need to learn. But part of the problem with fire is it doesn't scale uh, linearly in a, in a in a straight way, so they can't look at a tiny fire and then just multiply the outcome of whatever research and say, oh, okay, so if that fire was ten times as big, the results would just be ten times as much as we measured on this one thing, whatever mm-hmm. they're measuring. So they 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 can't light a giant thing on fire on the space station because they're gonna. That would be a bad thing if something were to go wrong. And we don't know how big fire behaves in space. I mean, there's lots of guesses, but we really don't know. So 
that are doing something kind of cool. They just sent up a Cygnus uh, supply craft to the International Space Station. And this particular capsule, when it comes back down to Earth, instead of reentering the atmosphere and landing with a parachute like the astronauts do when they come back through in the Soyuz capsule or whatever, this spacecraft actually just burns up in the atmosphere. So it it delivers food and stuff to the ISS. They all take it, take their science experiments, take all the stuff off of it. They spend the next however long filling it with trash, basically all the garbage they have. They just stuff in this thing. And then uh, when they need to make room, they just let it go and it burns up in the atmosphere. So there's an experiment on board the spacecraft that went up that's actually never even going to come on to the ISS. It's going to stay in there. And they have a full size, uh, uh, the same size material that they test here on Earth. I can't remember the exact dimensions, but I think it's maybe a foot by a couple feet or something like that. And it's this fire retardant material that they need to test for various reasons and to observe how a larger fire handles, like how it works in microgravity. So, they're actually going to they when they they're going to detach from the space station on when this thing goes back and before it burns up in the atmosphere they're going to actually do this they're going to light it on fire <laughs> inside the inside the not while it's attached to the space station once it's a safe distance away and all that stuff they're going to light it on fire and uh and see see what happens oh my gosh so it should be fun it should be fun to see. Um, fire in space is a really cool thing to see on a small scale, so it'll be fun to see on a big scale. Are they going to have videos scale. of it? I would assume so. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, I'd be interested in that. Yeah. I think it'll be fun. So, there we have it. Those are our space news, guys. How much is that going to cost? <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I don't know exactly. <laughs> don't have the numbers on that right now, Christine. I'll have well, to uh, I take a look. I think that from now on, you should just prep that anytime <laughs> you have space news i'm going to ask how much it is okay that's that's good that's good um well let's uh let's wrap this baby up okay yeah i mean so this is a great example we had it was wonderful talking to the bitchy waiter oftentimes if if this is your first time listening to the show welcome Thank you for listening. And, um, you know, we try and have people on, like, it's called Nerd Out Loud. And oftentimes people think that means we talk about, like, Dungeons, Dragons, and sci-fi movies <laughs> and whatever. Uh, maybe that wasn't the best name to come up with, but <laughs> I already bought the domain, so we're stuck with yeah. it. <laughs> we've, we've had it for two years. I'm probably not going to change it now. It gets the job done. But basically what we like to do is we just like to talk about the stuff that people nerd out about. So the stuff that they're excited about, be it restaurants be it uh, space travel, be it the, how you elect a president mm-hmm. in Washington state. So um, sometimes we have guests on, sometimes we talk with ourselves, sometimes we uh, talk to ourselves and we're not even recording, which doesn't seem healthy, but yeah. um, we do it anyway. So thank you for listening, you guys. You can find all sorts of fun and exciting episodes on our website at nerdoutloudpod.com. And look for the contest of how to win the Bitchy Waiters book. We are going to give away a signed copy of the Bitchy Waiters book. And we're going to come up with something cool that you guys can do to enter in that. So we'll we'll be putting that on our website. And um, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook. Just search for Nerd Out Loud. We're at Nerd Out Loud Pod on Twitter. Just Nerd Out Loud on Facebook. All of that information and more right on our website, nerdoutloudpod.com. That's really the only thing that you have to remember. 
You can find links to everything you're looking for. Drop us a line. Say hi. Tell us whether you think my mom's a jerk or not. And uh, <laughs> until next time, guys. Do you have any last words, Christina? Never wait for cake. Let your nerd flag fly!